morning, family. Welcome to today's podcast. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We give you blessings and thanksgiving. Thank you for coming on today. Our scripture for today, this morning, is Isaiah forty thirty one. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And I'm sure there's more to it, more content, as I remember. Let me look it up again. So let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our Father. You are in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, Lord. May your will be our satisfaction for today, Lord. Be it unto us according to thy will. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let the kingdom of Jesus Christ come upon us as it is in heaven. Give us this day. We ask you for our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And reading in content, it says, His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Have you not known this? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. Weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases in strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word. Thy word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Be it unto us, Lord, according to thy word. Amen. All things are possible. Behold, all things are possible with God. Let us rejoice and be glad this morning. Let us give thanks for our the things that we have we are grateful for. Grateful that we can move our our toes. Our ankles, we can move them around. We're grateful we can move our thighs. Our our knees are good. We're able to get up and shower and be all the way alive. Yep, we've never been all the way dead anyway, or we know what that is like. So it's a comfort to be here with you this morning. We just want to thank God that His uh, His Word is alive and faithful to us. We've been reading the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4, in the New Living Testament. Today I have a different translation. I have the Nelson Study Bible, and we have the New King James. So let me read a chapter on that. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians. Philippians, oh, 
Okay, chapter 4. Four, walk in unity. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing one another in love, enduring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one Spirit, one body, just as you were called, in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And God, the Father of all, who is above all, through all, in you all. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you for coming in today's podcast. Appreciate you. God bless you. Unlimited love or limitless love by Kenny Copeland, a high priest of our confession. Welcome to today's podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's go ahead and pray. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We say yes and amen. Yes and amen to your fabulous corresponding promises, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your, for your apical promises, Lord. We say yes and amen. Be it unto us according to thy word, Lord God. Precious is thy word and precious and the Lord is the death of the saints, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your great love for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. October the 5th, Limitless Love. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. Hebrews 3.1, New American Standard. Once you realize that you've been born again and given the very nature of God himself, the question immediately arises, how do I get that new nature within me to come out? Where do I get the power to push aside the impulses of my flesh so I can consistently walk in love? The answer can be found in Hebrews 3.1. You get that power from Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confessions. An apostle is someone who has been sent for a purpose. If, for example, you gave someone money and sent them to the store to buy bread, that person would be your apostle to the grocery store. So the word apostle in itself isn't particularly holy. However, when God sends someone and equips them with power to carry out a task, being an apostle becomes a very supernatural thing. Add to that the concept of the high priest who is one appointed by God with the authority to bring his word to pass on behalf of the people, and you get a glimpse of what Jesus does for us. He has been set by God to bring to pass our confession of faith. Again, he has been sent by God to bring to pass our confession of faith. When we confess him as Lord, for example, he is... He, as the high priest over the confession, brought the new birth to pass into our lives. When we said, Jesus, come into my heart, I receive you as my Lord, he administered the power necessary to make us new creatures. Instantly, old things were passed away, and all things become new. Later, after we learn he had purchased our healing, we may have said in faith, Lord Jesus, I believe that by your stripes I was healed. I believe I received my healing. When we did, Jesus, as the high priest of that confession, saw to it that those covenant words were said come to pass, and we were healed. 
in the same way, under the we understand that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. We can draw on that love by making the confession of faith. We can say, Lord Jesus, I believe I've been made a partaker of divine nature. I believe the love of God dwells in me, and I walk in that love. I receive the power to do it now. When we say something like that, Jesus goes to work as a high priest of our confessions. He uses his authority to bring it to pass. He looses all the grace we need to draw out his nature within us. He administers all the spiritual resources necessary to enable us to walk out our confession of faith. He gives us the power to live the life of love. October the 4th, Limitless Love. Ephesians 6, 1 through 4 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and thou mayest be live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurturing and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 1-4 As Christian parents, we set the example of love for our children. What they see in us is what they expect to find in God. That's one reason why we should never instill fear in them in the name of love. Fear and love aren't a team. They're opposed to each other. The Bible says fear brings torment. According to the dictionary, to torment means to agitate, terrorize, cease, or paralyze in order to oppress. God is totally against those things. He loves. His love casts them out. So never try to use them to train your children. Instead, train them the way that God trains you. He instructs you with his word. He doesn't sick the devil on you and send him to terrorize you into obeying him. He sends the Holy Spirit to guide you into all truth. If you ignore that truth and get yourself into a mess anyway, when you call out to him for help, he doesn't condemn you. He doesn't beat you like a dog and send you off with your tail between your legs. He forgives you and talks to you about how you can avoid getting hurt like that again. Remember that the next time you are teaching your children something, if you're training them to avoid a dangerous situation, don't terrorize them, just tell them the facts. Don't say things like, Oh, I'm so afraid you're going to do this and mess up your life. I'm so afraid you're going to listen to me and you'll end up in ruin. Speak to them in love and believe in them the way your Heavenly Father believes in you. Express your confidence in them and their ability to make right choices. Let them know you want the best for them and you expect wonderful things for their future. When they make a mistake, don't act as if it was the end of the world and don't kick them when they're down. Comfort them in their pain. Let them know you understand and are there to help them. Then teach them what the Word says. Say, Baby, I love you. 
I want things to be well with you, so let's talk, take a look at this together and see how you can keep from making this mistake again. Whether your children are young or older, they'll appreciate your kindness and respect. They'll find it easier to do what is right when you refuse to provoke and frighten them. They'll truly want to honor and obey you when you teach them and discipline them in love. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Amen. Uh, October 3rd, Limitless Love by Faith, Not Feelings by Kenny Copeland. We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. 2 Corinthians 4.13 There are times for all of us when we don't feel the love of God. There are times when we encounter such trials and difficulties that, naturally speaking, it doesn't look much like God cares about us. That's when we're tempted to say dumb things like, Yes, I know God loves me, but I feel like he's so far away. If he just do something to let me know he's near, it would help me. If I could just see his face or feel his gentle touch on my fevered brow, I could believe. That kind of thinking is wrong. Faith in God's love Faith in God's love doesn't come from seeing Jesus face to or feeling his hand. Faith in his love comes like every other kind of faith, by hearing the word of God. Once we heard the word of God and of God's love, we have no business sitting around whining about what we feel or don't feel. We have no business looking to our flesh to see if God's word is true. We have a responsibility to believe that word and speak accordingly. Actually, when we don't feel God's love is when we have better belief in it most strongly because that's when the devil is trying to take advantage of us. That's when he is putting pressure on our flesh and our emotions trying to get us to open our mouth and speak words that will give him license to wreak havoc in our lives. Don't let him do it. Don't let yourself be moved by what you feel or what you see. You may feel drier spiritually than you ever felt in your life, but that doesn't change a thing. The word still says God loves you, and it still says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So instead of yielding to the spirit of doubt, maintain the spirit of faith, believe and speak the truth about God's love, regardless of how your flesh feels. Open your mouth and start praising the Lord for his compassion. Open your mouth and say, No matter how I may feel, the truth is my God loves me. Jesus loves me enough to leave glory, come to earth, and die for me. He loved me enough to go to hell for me. He loved me so much now he ever lives to intercede for me. He's promised to be with me even to the end of the world. And I believe he's right here, right now, loving and caring for me. If you believe and speak like that, those dry feelings will begin to change. Your old fleshly emotions will be replaced by stirring of the spirit. 
And before long, you'll be dancing around, not only believing and speaking, but also experiencing the truth. Your whole spirit, soul, and body will be rejoicing in the light of God's marvelous love. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Reading of today, King James Bible. Welcome to today's podcast, Reading of the Word of God. I enjoy these readings. We'll be reading five Psalms and one Proverbs. We're using the numerical number five and add 30 to it. And at the end, we'll stick around for the Proverbs. Should take about 20 minutes or less. I appreciate your ears, both of them, your heart, your mind, your eyes. We bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. May you hear something that will change you and me forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' mighty name we proclaim. We get some background music for this. Um, there are some really nice um, melodies back here on YouTube. You can play in the background. Be excited about. I hope you have a. You're gonna have a great, great day today. Fabulous. Get that Java down. Get that excitement. Here we go. I love. I love you, said the Lord. I am happy with you, said the Lord God. I made this whole world for you. Stick around. Trust in me, said the Lord. Trust in me. We can do this happily, counting all our blessings. Amen. Here we go. Oh, I messed that up. <laughs> we ain't going anywhere here. Now we got to go through the commercials all over again. See? Should have just started. Here we go. Okay, Psalm 5. It says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. For thou art not a God that has pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. The Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into the house in the multitude of thy mercy. And in thy fear will I worship towards thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness. Because of my enemies, make the way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their truth, in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsel. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have reveled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defends them. 
Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will thou compass him as with a shield. Psalm 35. Plead my cause, O Lord, with them that strive with me. Fight against them that fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Draw out the spear and stop the way against them that persecute me. Say unto my soul, I am thy salvation. Let them be confounded and put to shame that seek after my soul. Let them be turned back and brought to confusion that devise my hurt. Let them be a shaft before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery. Let the angel of the Lord persecute them. For without cause they have hid for me their net in a pit, which thou causest they have digged for my soul. Let destruction come upon him at unawares, and let his net that he has hid catch himself. Into the very destruction let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord, it shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like unto thee, which delivers the poor from him that is too strong for him? Yea, the poor and the needy from him that spoiled him. False witness did rise up. They lay to my charge things that I knew not. They rewarded me evil for good, to the spoiling of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and prayer returned unto my own bosom. I behaved myself as though he had been my friend or brother. I bowed down heavily as one that mourned for his mother. But in my adversity they rejoiced and gathered themselves together. Yet the abjects gathered themselves together against me, and I knew it not. They did tear me and ceased not. With hypocritical mockers and feasts they gnashed upon me with their teeth. Lord, how long will thou look on? Rescue my soul from their destruction, my darling from the lions. I will give thee thanks in thy great congregation. I will praise thee among much people. Let not them that are my enemies wrongfully rejoice over me. Neither let them wink with the eye that hate me without a cause. For they speak not peace, but they devise deceitful matters against them that are quite in the land. Yeah, they opened their mouth wide against me and said, Aha, aha, our eye has seen it. This thou hast seen, O Lord. Keep not silence. O Lord, be not far from me. Stir up thyself and make awake to my judgment. Even unto my cause, my God and my Lord. Judge me, O Lord, my God, according to thy righteousness, and let them not rejoice over me. Let them not say in their hearts, Ah, so would we have it. 
Let them not say, We have swallowed him up. Let them be ashamed and brought to confusion together that rejoice at my hurt. Let them be clothed with shame and dishonor that magnify themselves against me. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. And my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Psalm 65 Praise waited for thee, O God in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and cause it to approach unto thee that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things and righteousness will thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who are the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea, which by his strength set it fast the mountains, being girded with power, which still at the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. They also that dwell in the uttermost parts are afraid of thy tokens. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and the evening to rejoice. Thou visitest the earth and water it, thou greatly enriches it. With the river of God, which is full of water, thou preparest them corn, when thou hast so provided for it. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly, thou settlest the furrows thereof, thou makest it soft with showers, thou blessest the springing thereof. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness, and thy path drop fatness. They drop upon the pastures of the wilderness, and the little hills rejoice on every side. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. Thou shalt for joy. They also sing. Psalm 95 O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. 
Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swore in my wrath, that they shall not enter into my rest. Psalm 125 They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. As the mountains are mount about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people, from henceforth even forevermore. For the rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous. Let the righteous put forth their hand unto iniquity. Do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. For as for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity. But peace shall be upon Israel. Proverbs chapter 5. My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow down thy ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death, her steps take hold on hell. Unless thou shouldest ponder the path of life, her ways are movable, that thou canst not know them. Hear me now, therefore, O you children, and depart not from the words of my mouth. Remove thy way far from her, and come nine, not near the door of her house, lest thou give your honor unto others and thy ears unto the cruel. Lest strangers be filled with thy wealth, and thy labors be in the house of a stranger, and thou mourn at the last. When thy flesh and thy body are consumed, and say, How have I hated instructions, and my heart despised reproof, and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers, nor inclined my ear to them that instruct me. I was almost in all evil in the midst of the congregation and assembly. Drink waters out of thine own cistern, and running waters out of thine own well. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let the fountains be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as the loving hen in pleasant roll. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times. And be thou ravished always with her love. And why will thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? 
For the ways of a man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his goings. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sins. He shall die without instructions, and in the greatness of the folly, he shall go astray. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Greetings. Good morning. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be reading today's Kenny Copeland, Faith to Faith, part Spanish, part English, October the 5th, Subject to Change by Kenny Copeland. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4.18 Don't center your attention on what you can see in the natural physical sense realm. Everything you see is temporal and subject to change, so put your faith in the unseen, eternal realm. The things which are eternal are not subject to change. God's word is eternal and it contains 7,000 promises to cover any circumstances you'll ever face. And no matter what happens in this shifting, changing world you live in, those promises will forever be the same. No matter how bad your body feels, thy word, the word will always say, by his stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. No matter how bad your bank book looks, the word will always say, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19 Don't settle for the meager existence the world says you can have. Lay hold of what the word says you can have. Center your attention on the eternal truth of God and look not to the things which are seen after all. They're subject to change. Further scripture reading, 2 Corinthians 4, 8-18. Let's go ahead and read yesterday's. I believe I forgot to read it. I don't know. I feel... It says, The deciding witness, Kenny Copeland, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Matthew eighteen sixteen. Again, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. You've been there many times, standing in the valley of decision, perched precariously between victory and defeat. And on one side of you is the word of the world authored by Satan that says, for example, you're not going to get healed. On the other side of you, the word of God is saying, My word is yea and amen, and by whose stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24 Who will determine how it all turns out? Who? You. You will. You're the establishing witness. You are establishing witnesses. I remember a fellow once who wanted me to pray for him. I said, now the word says you're healed. Now. 
he interrupted me and said, yeah, I know it says that, but I got this terrible pain here. I looked at him in the eye and said again, thy word says by his stripes you were healed. I know, he answered, but I got this terrible. I shook my head. Listen, the word says you're healed. He turned beet red. I know it says that, but I got this. Finally, he stopped and stared at me. He didn't realize it, but he'd allow his physical symptoms to become his evidence. It was what he believed. No matter what the word says, he believed the thing he could see and feel. And when he got quiet, I said to him, Look, you're wanting me to agree with you, and you're mad because I won't. But if I agree with you, you're going to die. Now, if you'll agree with me and the Bible, we can get you healed. Suddenly he saw it. His eyes lit up. Oh, praise God, I see what you mean. I agree with the word of God. I put my hands on his head and God healed him instantly. You see, when he finally decided to get in agreement with God, he could have received in his bedroom or driving down the road or anywhere else. He could have received any time he decided to become the establishing witness. You pray and establish your witness. That's your part. If you do it, God will back you up. And when he backs you up, everything else either has to get in line or get out of the way. You're the deciding witness. What do you say? Additional scripture reading 18, Matthew 18, 15 to 20. Wonderful, beautiful, amazing words of God. Now I'm going to read it in Spanish. De fe a fe. Octubre 5. Sujeto a cambio por Kenneth Copeland. Segundo Corintios 4.18 nos dice, No mirando nosotros las cosas que se ven, sino las que no se ven. Pues las cosas que se ven son temporales, pero las que no se ven son es etemas, eternas. No centre su atención en lo que puede ver en la esfera del mundo físico y natural. Todo lo que usted percibe es temporal y sujeto a cambio. Ponga su fe en el reino invisible y eterno. Las cosas que son eternas no están sujetas a cambio. La palabra de Dios es eterna. En ella hay siete mil promesas acerca de cualquier situación que usted pueda enfrentar en la vida. Esas promesas nunca cambian. No importa lo que suceda en este mundo en constante cambio. No importa lo mal que su cuerpo se sienta, la palabra siempre dirá, Por cuya herida fuiste sanado. Primero Pedro 2.24 
No importa lo mal que esté económicamente, económicamente. La palabra siempre dirá, mi Dios pues suplirá todo lo que te falta conforme a sus riquezas en la gloria en Cristo Jesús. Filipenses 4.19 Mi Dios pues suplicará, suplirá todo lo que necesita conforme a sus riquezas en la gloria de Cristo Jesús. Usted no debe resignarse a la existencia precaria que el mundo le ofrece. Eche mano de lo que la palabra dice que usted puede tener. Enfoque su atención en las verdades eternas de Dios, no en las cosas que se ven. Después de todo, estas, esas cosas están sujetas a cambio. Adicional escritura está en 2 Corintios 4, 8 a 18. De fe a fe, octubre 4. Mas si no te oyeré, oyeré, toma aún contigo a uno o dos, para que en boca de los tres testigos conste toda palabra. Ya leímos este. ¿Qué pasó aquí? Octubre 4, hay que leerlo. Mas si no te oyeré, toma un contigo a uno o dos para que en boca de dos o tres testigos conste toda palabra. Mateo 18, 16. Usted ciertamente ha estado muchas veces en el valle de la decisión, balanceándose precariamente entre la victoria y la derrota. Por un lado se encuentra la palabra del mundo escrita por Satanás que le dice, no vas a ser sanado. Por otro, la palabra de Dios que le asegura mi palabra es así y amén, por cuya herida fuiste sanado. Primero Pedro 2.24. ¿Quién será el que determine el resultado de todo? ¿Quién será? Usted será el testigo decisivo. Usted. Recuerda a un hombre que me pidió que orara por él y le dije, la palabra afirma que usted está sano. La palabra afirma. El hombre me interrumpió y dijo, si sí, yo sé que declara eso, pero tengo este terrible dolor aquí. Lo miré a los ojos y le dije otra vez, la palabra afirma que por la llaga de Jesús fuimos sanados. Lo sé, respondió él, pero tengo este terrible. Meneé mi cabeza en forma negativa y le dije, óigame bien, la palabra declara que usted está sano. 
se sonrojó y expresó, sé lo, sé lo que afirma, pero tengo este. Finalmente se quedó callado y me miró. Él no se había dado cuenta de que estaba dejando que el, los síntomas físicos fueran su evidencia. No importaba lo que la palabra declara, él solo creía en lo que podía ver y sentir. Cuando se tranquilizó, le dije, mire, usted quiere que esté de acuerdo con usted y está enojado porque no lo estoy. Pero si lo hago, usted podría morir. Ahora bien, si se pone de acuerdo conmigo y con la Biblia, podremos lograr que reciba su sanidad. De repente lo entendió, sus ojos se iluminaron. Oh, alabado sea Dios, comprendo lo que quiere decir. Entonces estoy de acuerdo con la palabra de Dios. Le impuse manos y Dios lo sanó al instante. Él recibió la sanidad cuando estuvo de acuerdo con Dios. Pudo haber recibido la sanidad en su habitación y mientras manejaba o no cualquier otra parte, pudo haber recibido en el momento que decidía ahora ser el testigo de Sibo. Ahora bien, a usted le corresponde orar y confirmar su testimonio. Si lo hace, Dios lo respaldará. Y cuando Él lo respalda, todo lo demás debe alinearse o quitarse de en medio. Usted es el testigo decisivo. ¿Cuál será su decisión? Decisivo. Escritura adicional, Mateo 18, 15 a 20. Welcome, family. This is my recovery podcast. Let us open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. 24-hour book for today, reading for October the 5th, is A8 Thought for the Day. Do I have any hard feelings about other group members or for any other AA group? Am I critical by, of the way a group member thinks or acts? Do I feel that another group is operating in the wrong way and do I broadcast it so? Or do I realize that all AA members, no matter what their limitations, have something to offer Some good, however little, that they can do for AA in spite of their handicaps. Do I believe that there is a place for all kinds of groups in AA provided they are following AA traditions? And that they can be effective even if I do not agree with their procedure. Am I tolerant of people and groups? Meditation for the day. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. 
All your movements, your goings and comings can be guided by the unseen spirit. Every visit to help another, every unselfish effort to assist can be blessed by the unseen spirit. There can be a blessing on all you do, on every interview with one who is suffering. Every meeting of a need may not be a chance meeting, but it may have been planned by the unseen spirit, led by the spirit of the Lord. You can be tolerant, sympathetic, and understanding of others, and so accomplish much. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may be led by the Spirit of God. I pray that the Lord will preserve my goings and my comings. I'm Fernando. I am an alcoholic. The acknowledging of God and the individual inspiration of that each one gets at different times from God is a delight to see in the meetings. There's always something good we can focus on. The fact of the matter is, we're not drinking, we're not brawling, we're not causing havoc, we're not causing pain to our loved ones or misery. We're not walking in shame, but we are walking in honor and doing the hard things, reading, getting together, studying. They have become so common in us, we don't even consider them hard. Having a book story, book study, reading a story, activating our imaginations and how far we come in the program. We are very grateful for all this. And we're grateful to our higher power, for his his strength that he's given us individually to express ourselves like different plants. You got in a garden, you got some prickly pearls, I guess you would call them. You would have some cactus. Then you have some Hawaiian flowers. You have some, you know, good roses. Different people and different talks. So, let, let them be what they want to be. Let them not bother us. That's the only thing we can do. It's, it's thank God for them. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Okay, uh, reading for October 5th, yesterday's baggage, today's daily reflection says, For the wise have always known that no one can make much of his life until self-searching becomes a regular habit until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 88. Until he is able to admit and accept what he finds, and until he patiently and persistently tries to correct what is wrong. I have more than enough to handle today without dragging along yesterday's baggage too. I must balance today's books if I am to have a chance tomorrow. So I ask myself if I erred and how I can avoid repeating that particular behavior. Did I hurt anyone? Did I help anyone? And why? Some of today is bound to spill over into tomorrow. The most of it need not if I make an honest daily inventory.
Amen. You know, I um, sometimes I have to read it in Spanish to get a fresh perspective because it's my first language. So some of you that are out there that do speak in Spanish, uh, please give me the benefit of the doubt and uh, let us enjoy. It says right here, Equipaje del ayer. Nice word, equipaje. Los sabios siempre han reconocido que nadie puede aspirar a hacer nada en la vida hasta que el autoexamen no se convierta en costumbre. Autoexamen. Hasta que no reconozca y acepte lo que allí encuentra y hasta que no se ponga paciente y persiste persistentemente a corregir sus defectos. Doce pasos y dos tradiciones, página 86. Yo tengo más que suficiente para manejar hoy sin tener que arrastrar también el equipaje de ayer. Del ayer. Tengo que hacer el balance hoy si deseo tener una oportunidad mañana. Así es que me pregunto a mí mismo si he errado y cómo puedo evitar repetir ese comportamiento. ¿Ofendí a alguien? ¿Ayudé a alguien? ¿Y por qué? Una parte del hoy puede derramarse sobre el mañana, pero la mayor parte no tiene que hacerlo si yo hago un honesto inventario diario. Amén. Corregirnos a nosotros mismos es la oportunidad de que Dios no lo tenga que hacer con problemas. Nosotros mismos aceptamos nuestros defectos. Le damos gracias a Dios por ellos. Le decimos, ok, Señor, yo sé que soy, digamos, uh, hablo demasiado. <risa> lo acepto, mi defecto. Pero ahora, ¿qué vamos a hacer, Dios? ¿Cómo lo voy a poder pensar y arreglar eso? You know, uh, reconocerlo, aceptarlo, dar gracias a Dios que hay un problema y podemos llevarlo con Dios para que nos arregle el asunto en la más mejor época que puede. Amén, familia. Bonito 24 horas. Dios los bendiga. Y espero hacer un separar, separar el 5 de octubre. Perdón, me gusta los, mezclar los dos porque le pregunto a ustedes que aprendan en inglés. Y les pregunto a ustedes que hablan en inglés que aprendan en español. Si sí se puede, si sí lo pueden hacer. Es, hasta escuchando mi voz y poniendo los dos en ejemplo, su mente puede saber y distinguir las palabras. Así es. Usted es un genio. You are a wise person. You, your mind can understand and break the two down. And it gives your mind... It gives your mind a challenge that it needs 
Nuestras mentes necesitan que tengamos algo de vencer. Y a vencer el inglés, to conquer Spanish, that is our objective. Dios los bendiga. Benditas 24. Happy 24 hours. Give them, give them heaven, people. Hay que darles el cielo. Amen. I know about Alcoholics Anonymous and my program for a brand new experience in you, Lord. A brand new experience with myself. A brand new experience with my fellow man and my program in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and say the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Okay, let's go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll do two and then you do two and then we'll see what, how it goes. Uh, starting with page 24, the AA Big Book, first paragraph. Yeah, see until someone comes in. Maybe Kimberly will like two by two. She probably will. The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are heavy, hazy, and readily supplanted with the old treadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of that kind of defense that keeps one from keeping oneself from, <laughs> there's Anthony, from putting his hand on a hot stove. There is a solution. Almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of our shortcomings, which the process requires for a successful consummation. But we saw that it really worked in others, and we have come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we have been living it. When, therefore, we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, there was nothing left for us but to pick up the simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet. We have found much of heaven and have been rocketed into a fourth dimension of existence of which we had not even dreamed. The great fact is just this and nothing less, that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. The central fact of our life today is the absolute certainty that our Creator has entered into our hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. If you're a serious alcoholic, we believe there's no middle of the road solution that we're in a position where life is 
becoming impossible. And we have to pass to a regional, which there is no return. You give an eight. We have but two alternatives. One is to blow off the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our double situation as best as we could, and the other is to accept spiritual help. This 62. Really make the effort. 62, please. Self-centeredness is what we think is a fruit of our own trouble, driven by hundred forms of self-delusion, self-seeking, self-pity. We step on those toes of our bells when we retaliate. Sometimes they hurt us seemingly without provocation and invariably find that it's sometime in the past that we have made decisions based on what's later in places in the position to be hurt. So our troubles, we think, are basically of our own making. <clears throat> they arise out of ourselves. And the alcoholic is an extreme example of self-world run riot, though he usually doesn't think so. Selfishness, self-centeredness, above everything, we alcoholics must be rid of this selfishness. We must or it kills us, and God makes that possible. <laughs> and there seems not any way of entirely getting rid of self without his aid. Many of us have moral philosophical convictions galore, but we could not live up to them even though we would have liked Neither could we reduce our self-centeredness much by wishing or trying it on our own power. We had to have God's help. This is the how and the why of it. First of all, we had to quit playing God. It didn't work. Next, we decided that hereafter in this drama of life, God was going to be our director. He is the principal. We are his agents. He is the father, and we are his children. Most good ideas are simple, and the concept was the keystone of the new and triumphant art through which we pass. To freedom. But we sincerely took in such a position, all sorts of remarkable things following. Uh, we had a new employer, excuse me, and being all powerful, he provided what we needed. Taking close to him and work his, his work well. Establishing our serious footing became less and less uh, interested in ourselves and the little plans of design. More and more became interested in seeing what we could do to contribute to life. As we felt a new power flow and we enjoyed peace of mind and discovered that we could face life successfully as we became conscious over his presence, we began to lose fear of staying tomorrow and thereafter we were reborn. We are now on step three. Many of us said to our maker and it was women servants. God, I offer myself to thee. Build me as do with me as thou well. Uh relieve me of bondage of myself and may I better do thy will take away my difficulties and victory over them. <clears throat> May bear witness to those who I help by uh, thy power, thy love, thy way of life. May I do thy will always. We thought well before taking this step, <clears throat> making sure we were ready and that we would, could at last abandon ourselves only to him. Page 76, please. When ready, we say something like this. My creator, I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go off from here to do your bidding. Amen. We have then completed step seven. Pages 86. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Oh, especially, yeah, for the day before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. 
Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance, for after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In, think, in thinking... Go ahead. Amen. We usually conclude the period of meditation with a prayer that we be shown all through the day what our next step is to be, that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. We ask especially for freedom from self-will and are careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We are careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. Many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that, and it doesn't work, you can easily see why. If circumstances warrant, we ask our, our friends or wives to join us in morning meditation. If we belong to a religious denomination which requires a definite morning devotion, we attend to that also. If not, members of religious body, we sometimes select and memorize a few set prayers which emphasize the principles we have been discussing. There are many helpful books also. Suggesting about these may be obtained from one's priest, minister, or rabbi. Be quick to see where religious people are right. Make use of what they offer. Page 416, please. It helped me a great deal to become convinced that alcoholism was a disease, not a moral issue, that I had been drinking as a result of a compulsion, even though I had not been aware of that compulsion at that time, and that sobriety was not a matter of willpower. The people of AA had something that looked much better than what I had, but I was afraid to let go of what I had in order to try something new, there was a certain sense of security in the familiar. Go ahead, Rick. And let's accept it as proven to keep me in my drinking problem. I've been around AA for seven months to taper and alcohol and pills. And I'm finding a program working very well. I was finally able to say, okay, God, it's true. Of all people, strangers, it may seem, even though I didn't get my permission, really, really am an alcoholic source. It is all right with me now. And what am I going to do about it? When I stopped living in the problem, began living in the answers, and that problem went away from that moment on, I have not one single pulse of drink. And acceptance is the answer to my problem today when I find when I'm disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, in fact, of, of my life unacceptable to me. 
and if I find no serenity until I accept my that person, place, or thing, or situation being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world today by mistake until I accept my alcoholism. I could not stay sober unless I accept my life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. If I concentrate on not so much what needs to be changed in the world, but what needs to be changed in me and my attitudes. Shakespeare said, all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. He forgot to mention that I was a chief critic. I was always able to see the flaw in every person, every situation, and I was always glad to point it out because I knew you wanted perfection just as I did. AA and acceptance has taught me that there's a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we are all children of God and we, should, we each have a right to be here. When I am complaining about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying that I know better than God. For years, I was sure that the worst thing that could happen to a nice guy like me would be that I would be turned out to be an alcoholic. Today, I find it is the best thing that has ever happened to me. The, this proves I don't know what's good for me. And if I don't know what's good for me, and then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I am better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best, and just accept life on life's terms as it is today especially my own life as it actually is. Before AA, I judged myself by my intention while the world was judging me by my actions. Yeah. It seems been the answer to my marital problems. I thought AA had given me a new pair of glasses and Max and I have been married now for 35 years prior to our marriage. She was a shy, scrawny adolescent who was able to see things that others probably necessarily couldn't see. Things like beauty, charm, gaiety, a gift for being well, for being easy to talk to. Oh, God, I got off the place. Uh, a sense of humor and many other fine qualities. Uh, it was as the, rather than a mind sense what turns everything to gold, my magnified mind that magnifies whatever it focuses on. For years, I thought about maps and her good qualities through and through. And we married, and we, all these qualities became more and more apparent to me, and we were happier and happier. But as I drank more and more, the alcohol seemed to affect my vision. Instead of continuing to see what was good about my wife, I began to see her defects. And the more I focused my mind on her defects, the more they grew and multiplied. Every defect I pointed out to her became greater and greater. Each time I told her she was nothing, and she reduced a little bit more into nowhere. The more I drank, the more she closer. Then one day I was told that I had the lenses in my b glasses backwards. The courage to change in the serenity prayer, not that I should change my marriage, but rather that I should change myself and learn to accept my spouse as she was. AA has given me a new pair of glasses. I can again focus on my wife's good qualities and watch them grow, grow, and grow. I can do the same thing with an AA meeting. The more I focus my mind on his defects, late starts, long drunk logs, cigarette smoke, the worse the meeting becomes. But when I try to see what I can add to the meeting rather than what I can get out of it, and when I focus my mind on what's good about it rather than what's wrong with it, the meeting keeps getting better, better, and better. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. And when I focus on what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. Page 420, please. Yeah. Perhaps the best thing for me is to remember that my absurdity level is more 
my very little rise when I started my education about why when I rise, I try to move in, and they too can force my scenario level down. I have to discard my rights as well as my expectations by asking myself how important is it really, how important is it compared to my serenity level and my emotional sobriety. And if I place more value on my serenity and sobriety, I, more than anything else, I can maintain it at a higher level, at least for the time being. Acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. I can never just sit around and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever in front of me to be done and leave the results up to him. However, it turns out, God spoke with me. I must keep my magnifying mind magic magnifying my mind of my acceptance off my expectations and my serenity is directly proportional to my level of acceptance when I when I remember this I can see I remember have so good thank God for it. page 552 please he said in effect if you have resentment you want to be free of if you will pray for that person or that thing that you resent you will be free if you ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, and you will be free. Even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are in only words and you don't mean it, go ahead and do it anyway. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find that you have come to mean it and want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. It worked for me then and it has worked for me many times since and it will work for me every time I'm willing to work it. Sometimes I have to ask first for the willingness, but it too always comes. And because it works for me, it will work for all of us. As another great man says, the only freedom a human being can ever know is doing what you ought to do because you want to do it. <laughs> I get what I need. I am very as what I just wanted all the time. Page 100, please. Keep going. That was a tough booster right there. <laughs> 100? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, both you and the new man must walk day by day in a path of spiritual providence. You persist in remarkable things will happen. When I look back, I realize what I, well, Realize that the things that would used to come that came in when I was uh, putting myself out in God's hand was better than anything I ever had, ever could have had planned, followed by a decades of a higher power, and you will presently live in a new world, wonderful world, no matter how the present circumstances. Amen. Page 83, please. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we're halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity. And we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitudes and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. 
We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. <laughs> Page 85, please. Except in a few rare cases, neither he nor any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. At the end, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Rick, for coming in here today. God bless you guys, and I'll talk to you later. Give them heaven. Have a great weekend, by the way. Okay, win the lottery.